today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He is a sign, Moad if you prefer, that points to the final destination of Jesus the Christ who would come in His order and fulfill as our High Priest forever. Because of the finished work of Christ, who died for us and instead of us, it's only Jesus who can give to us that which we need. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. There's a saying that goes, you never know what you have until it's gone. In the same way, we often don't know what we need until we experience it. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that Jesus can give us absolutely everything we require and then some. If you doubt it, then it only means you haven't experienced it for yourself. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Verse 1, the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God Most High. He met Abraham returning from the defeat of the kings and blessed him. And verse 2, Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. Then also, king of Salem means king of peace. Without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. Just think how great he was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of the plunder. Now, the law requires the descendants of Levi, who become priests, to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their fellow Israelites, even though they also are descended from Abraham. This man, however, did not trace his descent from Levi, yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without doubt, the lesser is blessed by the greater. In the one case, the tenth is collected by people who die, but in the other case, by him who is declared to be living. How are you doing so far? You good? You're getting this, right? Yeah. Verse 9, one might even say that Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. Because when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the body of his ancestor. If perfection, verse 11, could have been attained through the Levitical priesthood, and indeed the law given to the people established that priesthood, why was there still need for another priest to come? 
one in the order of Melchizedek, not in the order of Aaron. For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. He of whom these things are said belonged to a different tribe, and no one from that tribe has ever served at the altar. For it is clear, verse 14, that our Lord descended from Judah. And in regard to that tribe, Moses said nothing about priests. And what we have said is even more clear if another priest like Melchizedek appears, one who has become a priest not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. For it is declared, you are priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The former regulation, verse 18, is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect, and a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And, verse 20, it was not without an oath. Others became priests without any oath, but he became a priest with an oath when God said to him, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Jesus has become the guarantor of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Can I just parenthetically say, do you realize that Jesus prays for you? Your name is on his prayer list. He is interceding for you. <laughs> and what was your problem again? <laughs> Verse 26, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law, verse 28, appoints as high priests men in all their weaknesses, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son, who has been made perfect forever. <laughs> All right. I want to talk with you today about Jesus. Imagine that. I want to talk specifically about how it is that only Jesus, only Jesus 
is the answer to everything and anything that you and I face in our lives today, especially with everything that is happening in the world today. Only Jesus is the answer. Now, (laughs) I realize that this title for this chapter can be seen as an oversimplification of what is arguably a very complex text. But the truth is, it's all about Jesus. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying in this chapter that we just read. Actually, starting in chapter 7 and all the way through to chapter 10, verse 18, the writer of Hebrews is going to connect Old Testament dots to Jesus. See, it's been said, and I I really appreciate the way this is said, because it is so true, that the Old Testament conceals what the New Testament reveals. And you start with Genesis 1-1, and what it is about is the person of Jesus Christ. And every chapter, even every verse in every chapter, points to the person of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Now again, understand the context in which this letter was written. This is prior to 70 AD when the temple was destroyed. So these new believers, these Hebrew Christians, were under tremendous persecution from their friends, even family members. And they are going to temple, and they are, the priest is there, and the high priest is there, and they go into the temple, and they perform the priestly duties. It's all ritual. It's all tradition. (laughs) You get the point, right? All of the priestly duties that were performed in the tabernacle, and then subsequently in the temple, all pointed to the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross of Jesus Christ. Example, well, we're going to see this in a a bit. It all pointed to Christ. The priests in the service there in the temple, they would do the wave offering. Now this is not like we know what the, it wasn't, wasn't that. It wasn't like that. The wave offering was they would present this offering to the Lord north, south, east, west in the shape of a cross. It pointed to the person of Jesus Christ and the finished work on the cross. Even the tabernacle, as we're going to, Lord willing, see in chapter 8, it all was a picture, a type of the person of Christ. So the writer of Hebrews is tasked now with this connecting of the Old Testament to the New Covenant and the person of Christ. Because these Hebrew Christians were being pressured, under tremendous pressure, to go back to Judaism. And the writer of Hebrews is writing to them, explaining to them that Jesus is superior, better, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. He's our high priest forever. And and keep in mind, just to kind of 
give you an idea of what their daily life was like. They would get up in the morning and get ready to go to work. And sure enough, there's Uncle Bob and Auntie Sue. If your name is Bob or Sue, we love you. And they're looking at us, probably giving a stink eye like, look at our high priest. Look at his robe. Your high priest, where is he? Oh, yeah, he's in heaven, huh? Yeah. Hmm. It wasn't tangible. It wasn't physical. It was by faith. And this was tremendous stress on them and for them. So the writer of Hebrews, by the Holy Spirit, brings back up this Melchizedek, which he first introduced to them earlier in chapter 2. Now, before we jump into this, I think it's incumbent upon me to explain this connection to Melchizedek, who were actually first introduced to in Genesis chapter 14. Now, I would encourage you in your own study of God's Word to spend some time in Genesis 14, and also spend some time here in Hebrews 7, and just allow the Holy Spirit to give you eyes of understanding, because it is so rich what is here. So there is some debate concerning this Melchizedek, some suggest that he was a Christophany, which is a, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament pre-Bethlehem. And others say, no, he's not Christ pre-Bethlehem, a Christophany, rather he's a type of Christ. And I've heard and studied both sides of this, even when we were going through the book of Genesis and we got to chapter 14. We talked about Melchizedek and how he points to the person of Christ. And I've settled in my own heart that Melchizedek is at the very least a profound picture of Christ. If he is a Christophany, an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament, that's even more incredible. <laughs> but at the very least, he is a type of Christ. And so I want to go through that real quick to kind of set the stage. Melchizedek was a king. Jesus is the king of kings. Melchizedek was both king and priest. See, it was one or the other. You were either a king or a priest, but not a king and a priest. But with Melchizedek, he was both. Just as Jesus is our king and high priest. Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Jesus is the prince of Salem. You know what Salem means, right? Uh, it's the same word in Arabic as it is in Hebrew. Well, in Hebrew, uh, they don't use the S sound, they use the SH sound. So it's Shalom. Peace. In Arabic we say Salem. So if I say to you in Arabic, Salam Alaikum, I'm saying peace be upon you. Jaru Salem means possession of peace. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the one city in the world throughout human history that has been anything but. That's what Yaru, they don't pronounce the J in Hebrew, but that's what Yaru Salem means. 
possession of peace. So he's the king of Salem, peace. He's also, his name means king of righteousness. And this is a picture of Jesus who is our righteousness. Now this is where it gets a little bit, uh, what's the word? I'm going to use the word gnarly. If you have a better word, let me know afterwards, but we're going to use gnarly for now. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. This is where it gets gnarly because this is where those who believe that Melchizedek was a Christophany, a Bethlehem appearance of Christ, they go to because we're told that he was without father or mother. Now some who suggest that he is a type of Christ say that there's no record of his genealogy, his father or his mother. So again, either way you get there, you're fine. You don't ruin the Christophany if that's your belief, nor do you ruin the type. Well, so too was Jesus without earthly father and mother pre-Bethlehem. Melchizedek, without beginning or end, like with Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, Melchizedek was the priest of the Most High God, a picture of Jesus as the Son of the Most High God. Melchizedek remains a priest forever. So as we're reading the chapter, I I hope you caught it, but the writer of Hebrews is very careful to point out that the Levites, the priestly tribe, from which Melchizedek was not of that order, a new order in the order of Melchizedek, would come from Judah. Yet nobody, Moses never said that Judah was going to be the priestly tribe. Only the Levites would be the priestly tribe. So what's up with that? Well, here's the problem. The Levites, those priests, well, how do I say it? They die. So you see why the writer of Hebrews is saying we need a new order, a better hope, And not only that, but those priests had to do something about their own sins before they could even get to your sins. And depending on the priests serving in the priestly duties at that time, might be a while. Especially if you're in front of me, he's got to deal with your sins before mine. And because, of course, your sinless is a lot longer than mine. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Melchizedek remains a priest forever. Jesus is our high priest for eternity. Melchizedek, another priest to come in his order, and then Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek. Now this is where, again, it gets interesting, because it's a picture of communion, the bread and the wine. Melchizedek brings bread which points to and is a type of the body of Jesus Christ as the bread broken for us. And Melchizedek also brings wine, which is a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ as the wine shed for us. He is a type, at the very least, of the person of Jesus Christ. Now, it's for this reason that the writer of Hebrews uses Melchizedek to articulate and communicate that only Jesus is our high priest forever. 
Here's an illustration, and this really has its place in what we know as the feasts. Uh, it's the, actually again, same word in the Arabic language, my native tongue as it is in Hebrew. It's the word mo'ad. And it's a, a word that carries with it the idea of a sign pointing to an appointed time, an appointment. So like again in Arabic, if I were to say to, to you, ana andi mo'ad ma'akum, what I'm saying is, I have an appointment, mo'ad, with you. Mo'ad. And it points to an appointed time until that time is fulfilled. So here's what this illustration is concerning Melchizedek. He's like a sign that you see in town. You're in Honolulu and you see a sign. In fact, I think there is a sign and it says Kaneohe, something like 14 miles or whatever it is. That sign is a moad. It points to your final destination. Now, when you reach your destination, which is Kaneohe, that sign has fulfilled its purpose. It's still there. It's still there, but it's fulfilled its purpose. And that's what Melchizedek is. He is a sign, Moad if you prefer, that points to the final destination of Jesus the Christ, who would come in His order and fulfill as our high priest forever. Because of the finished work of Christ, who died for us and instead of us, it's only Jesus who can give to us that which we need. Only Jesus. And the first one is in verses 1 through 10. And this is for anyone that is here today or even watching online, and everything is in utter turmoil and chaos. We talked about it in the prophecy update. Maybe you're here today and you're just filled with anxiety, even fear, with the uncertainty of what lies ahead with everything that's happening, the things you're being faced with, the things that are coming against you. There's a lot at stake. A lot of people are looking at their livelihoods and the real possibility of losing their livelihoods because of this. Well, you need peace. And only Jesus can give you that peace. Again, here the writer reintroduces Melchizedek. He first mentioned him back in chapter 2, verse 17, but now he's going to expound on the importance of Melchizedek and how he relates to Jesus the Christ. And it all starts with the name being the nature. See, they would wait in the Middle East. They wouldn't give you a name right when you were born. They would wait to give you a name because they wanted to see what your nature was. So they would watch and see what kind of a personality you had, and then they would name you accordingly. Now there are exceptions, and there are uh, places in Scripture, I think about Isaac, which in Arabic, again, the same as the Hebrew, Yitzhak. Yitzhak, if I say to you in Arabic, Ana Yitzhak ma'akum. I'm laughing with you. 
That's what his name literally means. Yitzhak. Laughter. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true.